On today's episode, we discuss Thursday night football and what we envision to be for NFL Week 3. This and much more, time to sideline the agenda. And welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott, with me is Chris, and welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, AFC North division rivals collide for Thursday night football, and what we see for NFL Week 3. But first, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right. Well, a bit of a bug floating around the sideline the agenda nation here. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I'm not feeling too great. Kevin is out, of course. Uh, uh, he's been sidelined. <laughs> <laughs> he's on we, injured, yeah, injured list. He's, 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 he's on, on the, the COVID list. He's on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, uh, it, no, it's not COVID. It, there are right. other, there are other sicknesses. There are other viruses around. The cold didn't go. Common cold didn't go away. Fever, flus, all that kind of stuff didn't go away. You know, um, it's it's just funny how we think about stuff now. It's like yeah. the first question when it's like, oh, I don't feel too good. Is it COVID? Oh my God, is it COVID? Yeah, they've been very successful at programming all of us. Is it COVID? <laughs> Do you have the Wuhan? <laughs> yeah, and probably a good significant amount of all the, the, the COVID cases out there, you know, quote unquote COVID cases were just colds and, yeah. and flus and that uh, kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. all that stuff didn't go away. <laughs> It didn't go away, still around, you know, and uh, um, pops up from time to time. Um, but, uh, you know, we wish Kevin a speedy recovery. And, of course, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take my vitamins and say my prayers and uh, Hogan slam somebody <laughs> in the morning. Well, yeah. uh, I, I, let, let's start off the show, actually, because I, I wanted to get to this because we made uh, quite a fuss last last episode about the, uh, the slap, the face smack hurting around the world. Of course, I'm referring to uh, Kyler Murray uh, during his post-game celebration after defeating the Las Vegas Raiders, ran to the stands, and um, there was an altercation, or actually not even an altercation, there was a uh, um, a two, there there was uh, human beings uh, collectively, you know, engaging in one area. (laughs) Yeah. And it was blown completely out of proportion. Yeah, exactly. A celebration mosh pit. That's the best way of putting it. Uh, Blown completely out of proportion, mostly due to ESPN's, you know, propagation of victimhood messaging, you know. Um, But uh, do you you remember where you were when you heard that Kyler (laughs) Kyler was beaten by by fingertips that, you know, cascaded across his face? I mean, I I know where I was when I I I heard the news. (laughs) I can still hear the echo of that smack you, you know it's, it's just, man, yeah it's um, reverberating it's, you, through the cosmos you made a you, you made exactly you made a good point too about a mosh pit you know a celebration <laughs> mosh pit that's the best way of putting it. i heard i heard yeah. somebody say i think it was on jason whitlock's show where he's saying that you know somebody takes gets gets a bigger bigger beat down uh dur- during uh, the lambo leap you know at uh right. in green bay right um, yeah. Anyway, oh, sure. to, to to his credit, Kyler has appeared to take the air out of the rhetoric 
that was, you know, uh, that he was attacked. Uh, he, at least he kind of did. Uh, the Phoenix Cardinals quarterback, uh, he had, um, well, he had this to say during his, his, the post-game interaction with fans. He said, stuff happens fast. I don't know. I know every person I've hit in the face. I did it for a reason. I don't know. If he probably didn't know where he was, it was a pretty live game. Vegas is Vegas. I'm sure he was having fun, but I don't know. I don't think that I don't think any player should be getting touched in that matter, but no hard feelings towards a guy. I if I see him, I'll shake his hand. It was what it is or it is what it is. Excuse me. That's what Murray. I mean, he's still holding on to the narrative that he was hit, yeah. you know, right. possibly even with intent, but nonetheless he squashed it and for that I respect him and and the move to recognize that this was you know what it was. It was nothing. Yeah, at least he didn't really buy into the whole victim card and just stoke the flames and just keep this story go this non-story going and going and going. I was he expecting kind of deflated the football a little bit, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, without just coming out and saying like, you know, it, it was a, a big nothing. He didn't completely denounce it like we would have liked to, but you know, we got to take our small victories where we can find them. And kudos to him for just saying like. Things happen. It, it wasn't a big deal. Right. <laughs> the guy accidentally hit him, and I think he knows that. And he's just coming out and just just squashing it. There's there's no story there. There's no reason to keep talking about it. Yeah, and like you, and to your point, I do wish he would just flat out say that there's no story here. Like, guys, I yeah. saw the tape. I was caught up in the moment. I didn't really know what happened. I thought somebody maybe smacked me in the face. Wasn't quite sure. Uh, then I got back and, and and saw the video myself, and I'm like, hold on, you know, come on. I, I wasn't hit. Like, this was yeah. just, like you said, a, a, a mosh pit of fans, you know, uh, and, and I mis, misread the situation. Moving on, you guys should move on, too. Uh, so, you know, like you said, we'll take our small victories when we can get them. Um, but uh, like you said, <laughs> we're still wishing Kyler a speedy recovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just just so pathetic how they literally got the police involved yeah. in something like this. That's yeah, true. It's just, uh, a taxpayer it's, it's, it's really sad. Uh, funds, man, you know, uh, going uh, uh, people, uh, cops off the street uh, to to do their detective work regarding a fan potentially's hand making contact with Kyler Murray. Who, of course, is our uh, you know our, our millionaire over athletic overlord? Um, it's it's just a damn shame that this really got blown out of proportion in the way that it did. Yeah, because you know Joe Schmo getting robbed down the block in Vegas. You know nothing's happening. To oh, they're, they're not going to some homeless guy the down the street harassing people. Yeah, that that's not getting responded to, or or guys running over uh, you know eighteen year olds with their their vehicle and murdering them. You know they get released from jail and. Just that's such a great well, point. We gotta Chris. make sure that this yeah, quarterback yeah. might have gotten attacked with a, a errant slap, a it's slap such coming a down, great, not it's, cross it's face. Exactly. It down. It's such a great point. I mean, we're actively being told now by local police departments, like, you make a call, you we, we can't respond for two hours. Our response right. time is is tenfold now what it used to be. Uh, but geez, calling all cars. <laughs> <laughs> quarterback <laughs> Kyler Murray thought that maybe per chance he was struck in the face with intent. <laughs> the FBI was probably is probably yeah, involved oh, too. Man. Yeah, send a 
20 man crew for that one. God, <laughs> everything is upside down, isn't it? Uh, well, here, here's another, um, you know, with all the, the, the talk in uh, Major League Baseball right now surrounding Aaron Judge and his quest to, to break 61 home runs, the, the record previously set by New York Yankees Roger Maris back in 1961. And uh, of course, also uh, Albert Pujols in his efforts to try to reach that 700 career home run mark. There is a new record that was set in New York. Uh, no, not by the, the Yankees, but but the Mets. And uh, the New York Mets set a major league record with 106 hit batters this season. So uh, pad up, New York Mets. You guys are uh, in the crosshairs, apparently. 106 yeah. batters being hit. The, uh, a part of their their squad. Uh, that's, that's kind of unreal. I, I, I guess um, the Mets players have been hit one more time than the 2021 Cincinnati Reds who uh, held the record previously. Interesting that it's two years in a row on, right. on obviously different teams, but pretty interesting that the hit by batters is, is up in consecutive years like that to where you'd break the year or break the record twice in a row. I did see a pretty interesting video um, some weeks back on some of the controversy with the pitchers uh, doctoring the baseballs. Because, you know, the pitcher will get their fingers checked after every inning, right. see if they got any sticky sub substances on there. And one of the main reasons they do it is for better grip and also to get higher spin rate so that their pitches are more effective. So baseball this year tried to crack down on it a little bit. And some of the batters are behind it, and some of them kind of don't care. Like, they, they actually prefer the sticky substances because it – allows them to get better grip, thereby causing less hit by batters. Hmm, so you got guys like, uh, I think it was Harper was quoted as saying, let them use all the sticky stuff they want. If that means I'm not getting hit in the face, then by all means. Because he's been hitting the jaw. Yeah. And we've seen several guys, you know, that's why they got the, those jaw protectors out there now, getting uh, getting hit. So, I've seen a lot of guys get plunked in the head this year. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of a... The unintended damned consequences. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, right. if, if, if you let them, then you're getting much less offense in the game, and it's, it makes for really a more boring game. But if you let them, this is, or if you take it away, then this is just a side effect, and uh, you're going to get some more hit batters, or you're going to get some more balls slipping out of the pitcher's hand because these guys are roaring back and you know giving it all they got pretty much every single pitch. Um so yeah, I, I was trying to do a little research. Like, are is the Mets have just a lineup of guys that are just crowding the plate all game, or they they're beefing with a lot of different clubs, and, and like, why are they getting hit so much? But I I don't really see too much in that regard. I think it's just there. There's not as much sticky substance and. Uh, hit hit by batters are up the last couple of years. Interesting, and I wonder if yeah. So it, I wonder if the increase has been gradual or surrounding this this mo motion by uh, Major League Baseball to uh, to 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 police the the pitchers more uh, carefully and and make sure that there are no sticky substances involved in the yeah. pitching process. That's interesting. Well, we should get our uh, uh, research guy on that. Yeah, because I mean, you've got yeah. <laughs> We've got uh, you know some of the guys that are notorious that they just crowd the plate. Like there's um, there's Turner on the Dodgers. Right. There's uh, the guy on the Yankees, Rizzo on the Yankees. They're they're plate crowders, so they're going to get hit more than the average. And guy. they do, yeah. yeah, absolutely, and they definitely do. So I mean, maybe the the Mets have a couple guys like that, but still, I mean, 106 is is a lot, and we're not even done with the season yet. So 
I think it's just chalk it up to chance plus less grippy substance on the baseballs for a lot of these pitchers. And yeah, you're going to get some teams that are getting hit a lot. Wow. Well, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see if there's uh, more records that'll be broken in uh, New York uh, in the next week. Uh, I just saw that Aaron Judge got pretty close to uh, tying tonight. Oh, man. Uh, he took, was an took, inch Took away. the ball, yeah, all the way out to the uh, the warning track. Yeah. Um, but uh, just... Deadway center, too. Yeah. Just falling just shy of uh, tying the record. All right, well, let's move on to Thursday night football all the way to Cleveland. Amazon Prime, of course, uh, primetime football, uh Bringing us the uh, the game, if you will, uh, with uh, uh, you know all the uh, wonderful commentary of of Al Michaels and um, oh who's the other guy Curb Curb Street, Street yeah uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, taking on the Cleveland Browns. Um, I don't know. It was an interesting game. It uh, it started off as a bit of a snoozer and probably finished just the same. Of course, the Cleveland Browns defeated the Pitts- Pittsburgh uh, Steelers twenty three seventeen. Um, real quick, did you see the, uh, I guess, uh, Cleveland Browns are trying out a new pregame ritual by smashing a guitar in the likeness of the opposing team? Uh, oh, did you see that? Yeah. It was, it was I, I did catch that. I started the game slightly late. You know, the, 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 the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame being in <laughs> Cleveland. So it's like, oh, you know, that's, that's what funny. they're going for. It, it was pretty stupid. I mean, it, it did not rock Cleveland. It they did should not roll rock out, at all. Uh, they're going to roll out Jeff Jarrett to come out there and start... <laughs> Hitting guys over the head. See, that the would be better, right? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, would be better. <laughs> Cleveland did score right at the end of the game. It was 29-17. Was oh, the final, they, but kind of twenty nine. Oh, I, I yeah. did. Thank you for the correction, because yeah, it was uh, like a minute and a half left. I'm like, well, this one's over. Yeah. Put it in my notes. Closed the laptop and forgot all about it. Uh, yeah. So thank you for the correction there. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of wind tonight. 24 uh, mile per hour winds uh, starting yeah. off the game. I mean, you you couldn't even hear the refs announce their calls over the wind noise and the microphone. Um, you know, and the and the wind. I, I don't know if you saw the first uh, field goal attempt. That field goal, it, it just, yeah, just it pushed it wide right. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, it was kind of funny to see the the expression on uh, uh, Christopher Boswell, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers kicker, and that was pretty priceless because it was just like, yeah. oh my god, because it literally was splitting the uprights, right? Yeah, oh, going he right down the one. middle, yeah. and then it was just like a, a Dikembe Mutombo, you know, block in the paint, right? Just yeah. like, nope, denied it's, by the wind. Yeah. It is like those last ten seconds. It's like, nope, get out of here. Yeah, Amari <laughs> <laughs> Cooper and uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett, they 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 looked great. They had a good chemistry going. Going on, uh, um, pretty sure you know Cowboys are still uh, looking longfully towards Amari Cooper's way. Yeah, I mean Steelers defense definitely, definitely missed the presence of T.J. Watt, who of course is out with a torn pectoral muscle. Yeah, um, you know it was uh, Nick Chubb was uh, amazing with uh, he he went he rushed for over a hundred yards easily tonight. Um, did you see the footage of uh, Nick Chubb squatting six hundred pounds? Uh, I didn't like, see that like, one. like you do a couple reps, you know, with that. I mean, God, yeah, just I, I know beast. he's he's definitely a beast. Very like when, strong. When he down carries, low. he doesn't just carry the ball. He he carries linebackers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> carries linebackers, carries linemen, moves the pile, and I mean that's you grind it out, and that's that's the kind of game that they're going to have to play until uh, well, really all season, but especially until Watson comes back. If they can grind out these games, you know. They're a miracle away from being three and zero right now. Yeah, you know, the Jets had that miracle comeback win. There's no reason the Cleveland shouldn't have won that game, and uh, Cleveland's sitting pretty at two and one right now in that division. 
And I, I got to be honest, the more I will watch that game, you know, it is against Pittsburgh, and I think Pittsburgh is going to be just a mediocre team. But the more I watched that game, the better Cleveland was looking to me with the division they're in and the way that they play football. They've got a great line. Their defense is okay. It's it's not, you know, they're, they're not world beaters, but they're not bad. They've got some good good uh, coverage guys out there. Uh, they've got a, a good edge rusher. Uh, Clowney was out hurt, so if he comes back and healthy, they, they'll have a good one-two punch on the, the pass rush. So if they're able to kind of hover around 500, even if they're a game or two above, and then late in the season they get Watson back and they get in a little bit of a groove, I mean, they'll be one of those teams that I don't think a lot of other teams are really going to want to play in the playoffs. You know, there's a lot of season left. We're only three games in, but they should be 3-0, and they pretty much handled Pittsburgh, albeit without Watt, but I don't think – it would have been closer, but I don't think Pittsburgh would have beat him yeah, even with Watt because Trubisky right. is just terrible. Yeah, Watt, and, I, I, uh, Watt would have made a difference, but I don't think he would have been the difference maker. Yeah, because the running game would have somewhat neutralized him a little bit. And that's what Cleveland can do. They can play solid defense. They can run the ball, shorten the game clock. And uh, if they don't turn it over too much, they're, they're going to be in position to win a lot of games. And I think Watson is definitely going to be a huge upgrade over Mayfield. Even Brissett is looking like he's, he's probably an upgrade over uh, – Mayfield. Mayfield, yeah. And if he can uh, continue to not turn the ball over, I think uh, they'll be in a lot of games. They'll be able to pull out some of these. Their schedule looks like they've got a couple tough games coming up, but Pittsburgh does as well. It's going to be really interesting to see what uh, the Bengals do in these next two weeks because the Bengals play a couple tough teams also. Are the Bengals going to go back to you know being 0-4, or are they going to right the ship, come back 2-2 two and two after a couple weeks? So it, these next couple weeks are really going to – Really going to kind of set that division, I think. I, I agree. The AFC North, it's going to be tight. I think that we would both agree that, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers' fate is is probably set. They've got a really tough schedule coming up, uh, the yeah, Steelers. Yeah. And, and like you said, they're, they're definitely a mediocre football team. So I, I, I don't see that. I'm hoping they'll float around 500, but that's what I see, you know. Um and uh, I agree with you. The Cleveland Browns, they just, they looked very impressive to the eye. Uh, and unless there's a, some sort of chemistry issue upon Deshaun Watson returning, yeah. which I doubt will be the case, but if like that could be the only thing that I could see impeding their ability to only improve upon what they already have from an offense standpoint. And, you know, the Bengals, like you mentioned, are questionable. Uh, yep. We'll, you know, of course, we'll like to see what they do against the New York Jets. Um, and then, of course, I would argue that the Baltimore Ravens have fallen off a little bit, too. So uh, as we've discussed before, uh, NFL standing for not for long could c- yeah. certainly be the situ- the case here for the AFC North. Um, and uh, it, it's looking more and more like a toss up. I'm not feeling yeah, as I- confident as my initial take of like the Baltimore Ravens having a, a good grasp of this division. Yeah, I, I think it's still the Ravens division, especially since you know there's no Watson for so long. I th- they should be able to get a large enough lead. But if Cleveland's able to sneak into that wild card, the, the, again, they're going to be a team that you're not really going to want to play. I think if the Cleveland coaches cannot get in their own way and try and change the offense to suit Watson – if they can just continue to do what they're doing, run the ball, pound the ball with those those two-headed monsters that they've got for running backs, and then let Watson work off of that, they're going to be tough. 
But if they try to do like, it's kind of hard to say this since the Rams won the Super Bowl, but I think one of the drawbacks that the Rams had last year, especially starting the season, was they kind of changed their offense to fit Stafford instead of continuing to doing what they've been successful at for so long and letting Stafford work off of that. They try to get a little bit too pass heavy. And then, we, I mean, he had several games with pick sixes in a row. We've seen the high interceptions these first two games. So I think the Rams, not to get off track, but they need to get back to kind of running the ball, play action, let Stafford work off of that. So if the Browns can do that same thing and not try and just, all right, we're a shotgun team now. Let's just uh, throw it with Watson all day, which I would be surprised if they do. But if they did try to go that route, that can kind of derail every, derail everything. So if they continue to be a, a running team, pound the football, let Watson work off of that, yeah, they'll be dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, just a couple of minor uh, annoyances in regards to the Amazon coverage. Did you uh, notice the graphic Amazoom when the replay was zoomed in? Oh. <laughs> like, really? We're going we're gonna to start sneaking in these little brand uh, winks and nods, Amazoom. So, so you're going to do Amazoom, but you're not going to do primetime football? Right, like, right, come right. on. Come on. And the, and the other thing is, of course, because they're always, you know, uh, advertising their products and, and their entertainment. But did you see the, uh, the Fire TV coming out? It's like... Who's going to invite that into their home? It's like literally listens to you with Alexa and watches right. you with a camera. Yeah. Uh, and it's like the TV you can talk to. You, you mean yeah. the TV that's going to watch me 24 right. hours a day it, and record it's kind of, what I've yeah. been saying. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I'm not going to say what I do for a living, but I'm very involved in that field. Right. And they tried this game before. About 10 years ago, they were rolling out cameras and all the, the new TVs and... Uh, they were just in the infancy of some of these, you know, talking features, microphone features, and there was a really large pushback. People didn't trust it. They didn't like it. And lo and behold, they stopped doing it. But they gave it a little bit of time because this is the way of the, uh, you know, how things are. They, gave it a little time, sprinkled a little COVID tip-toe. on top, a little, yeah, uh, so a little shut just down mentality. In a little bit. And now they're, they're, they're rolling it back out again. I uh, just saw a new TV uh, that Sony makes that yeah had a camera right on top. And uh, doesn't surprise me at all that they've been doing this for several years with the microphones and the option of having Alexa or having Google Assistant or uh, any of those uh, voice recognition software in there. So that's been going on. But the cameras, of course, they're going to roll that out. And it's, yeah, it's just further on the, the, the technocracy to where... Uh, we will have robots in all of our homes not too long. I mean, you could say we already do with Alexa. It's basically a, a robot. That, and, uh, yeah, they'll try to claim that, you know, they're respecting your privacy and all that. But, no, they're watching you. They're seeing who's in there, watching the game with you. They're they're listening to every single thing that you say so that they can send you, uh, you know, And your physical marketing. reactions, too. Yeah, that is Your well. body language, all of yep. that. So it won't be any coincidence that you'll be talking about something that has nothing to do with football, and then you'll look on your phone and you'll start getting ads for it. <laughs> oh, this is here's the thing. It'll start and, popping and up in your Amazon. Didn't, feed. didn't really want to turn this into a segment in itself, but here's the other thing: biometrics, baby, biometrics, biometrics—the yeah. way you yeah. walk, your gait, all that kind of stuff. Here's something else for you because we have one of those Amazon Prime grocery stores new here in town. Uh-huh. My wife went to it, so check this out: you go in and you scan like you're going to the metro or something you scan your ability your your way in through your amazon account right you go in you take your little shopping cart you walk around you put any products you want into your uh cart 
You don't even check out at a checker. You walk oh, yeah. your happy yeah. ass right out the door. And, and my wife was talking to one of the clerks like, well, how does it know? And he's like, all the cameras. <laughs> it's like the yeah. cameras are, they, they instinctually know what you've grabbed off the shelf and put into your cart with the intent of purchasing and bills yep. you off of that. So to think that that's not just another aspect of uh, big brother, big tech government overlords giving you, putting the file together on you uh, uh, and eventually leading to your uh, your social credit score, yeah. um, we're, we're all being uh, um, uh, naive idiots. And unfortunately, we're all willing in the name of convenience, we're willingly participants in handing ourselves over to to uh these big tech overlords okay well yeah. let's move on to uh, nfl week three but before we do that we would like you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda and you can do so by subscribing to our podcast and give us a five-star rating would you it really helps out and you can also follow us on twitter at sideline agenda sideline the agenda get off the sideline and into the game all right well, as we turn our eyes to this Sunday, week three, uh, starting off with some division play highlights, let's start with the AFC East, shall we? And uh, this exciting matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Um, the scores weren't pretty when the Miami Dolphins faced the Buffalo Bills last season, and uh, they lost both of those games by a combined score of 61-11. But this year is uh, going to be different. Last season's Week 2 game at Hard Rock Stadium, uh, Tuo Tongo Villalit. Let's rewind <laughs> that back. Let's see if I can get that name down. Tua Tongo Villaloa. Right? Pretty close, right? Pretty close. Well, he was knocked out, uh, uh, knocked out of the game with a broken, broken ribs. You know, uh, he, he got injured. And uh, while he's back, he's healthy. And if he remains healthy... Uh, the Dolphins seem to have a fully functional offense this year, and every starter on defense is back, along with veteran newcomers Melvin Ingram and Trey Flowers. So there is reason to believe that Miami defense can make a better showing this year and give the Dolphins, you know, in their offense, a chance to keep them in the game. What do you think, Chris? I mean, this is, I think this is going to be a little more competitive than it has been in years past. Uh, Buffalo's prime to potentially show some cracks, though I don't know that they will. Um, looking at the spread here, uh, we have uh, uh, B- Buffalo Bills favored by five. I don't know. I-, I think the Bill. I think the Dolphins can make a competitive game of it. Yeah, hopefully we don't see uh, the cracks of uh, cracked ribs again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. Uh, morning game. Yeah, like 10 o'clock, I guess, yeah. is, is kind of an early morning game. It is 1 in Miami. On there. Uh, yeah, in Miami. Uh, that's, that's true, 10 o'clock our time. I forget that. It is East Coast. Um, it is in Miami, so, you know, they'll have the crowd behind them. They've got a lot of momentum going, but, you know, so does Buffalo. Uh, it's going to be a very telling game. How real is Miami and how how dominant is Buffalo? Um I would love to see Miami keep it close, pull it out in the end. I, actually, I would think it would be great if Miami blew them out. But the the way Buffalo's offense and defense has been looking, I, I just think they're going to go in there and make another statement. Uh, I said it before the season started that Buffalo is probably the most hungry team out there, the way that they've exited the last couple years in the playoffs. Um, they've got all the expect expectations, so you know they're going to get up every week also. They saw what Miami did. 
uh, the last couple weeks. Miami's probably feeling pretty good about their comeback. Um, it's it's really going to be down to yeah, can Tua deliver the goods? Can can he get the ball out because he's going to have pressure? And can those two stud receivers get open and and make plays? Uh, it's going to be very interesting, very interesting game. Yeah, I think so. And um, again, with the improved offense and the various weapons that Tua has. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins will win this game, but my hope is that they will make it extremely competitive. And I am sensing maybe a last fourth quarter surge to, uh, to, to, uh, uh, you know, have the Buffalo bills to, to, you know, maybe make them a little bit nervous. But, uh, like, like you said, I, I think the Buffalo will, will control this game for the most part. Yeah. I think if Miami can, can stick to the the screen game, the the quick routes, get the ball out, maybe slow down that pass rush, then they'll, they'll be able to do something. So should be interesting for sure. All right. Well, moving on to Cincinnati Bengals, they will be in New York taking on the Jets. Uh, frustration has obviously been building in Cincinnati following their own two start. Uh, the noise has gotten so bad that Bengals QB Joe Burrow says he deleted Twitter and Instagram <laughs> from his phone. I think we've got an audio clip. Well, what's great is I don't have Twitter or Instagram right now, so I've seen none of it. We, uh, we're focused on what's going on in there. I'm sure it's not a very good reaction, um, <laughs> but I think it'll be a different reaction as we get going here. As we get going here. That just that just reeked of confidence, didn't it? I don't know. I just I, I, again, I'm not buying the Burrows. I'm, I'm not buying the uh, the Bengals. I, I think that if we have a, a a little Joe Flacco miracle work again, who knows? Maybe there could be yet another upset for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, of course, this is far fetched. Vegas disagrees. You know, uh, Cincinnati is a six point favorite. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like. It's probably a must win. Uh, you know, as early in the season as as much of a must win as you can get, this is it for Cincinnati. If they go zero and three, losing to the Jets, you just got to feel like the pressure is going to make them kind of cave. But I mean, I think Cincinnati will win this game. Or hopefully, they. I think for their sake, they can't even win this closely. They've got to really go out there and dominate this game, start to finish, and and start to feel good about themselves. But you know, did the league figure them out? Did they really figure out to shut down that burrow to chase combo and and make them beat you other ways? And if if you take that away and burrow force them into some interceptions that he's done this first couple of weeks, you know maybe they're uh, a paper tiger. We've seen it in the past. I <laughs> yeah. mean, again, Phoenix Cardinals last year dominating record. Um, can't remember how many they they won up front. I want to say maybe ten and zero. Uh, and and uh, just looked like yeah. there was nobody in sight that could beat them. Something shifted, something changed. There was a chink in the armor. There, that you know that that they something was exposed, and uh, that word got across to the rest of the league, and they just fell apart. Yep. So it's, well. We'll see. Uh, uh, to to be determined. But like I said, it didn't seem like Burroughs was 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 sounding very confident, and and obviously doesn't like the noise in regards to shutting his social media down. I mean, good for him. He you should shut your social media down, except when it comes to following sideline the agenda. All right, uh, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs <laughs> are in Indianapolis taking on the Colts. Uh, kicker Harrison Butker he remains questionable, I believe, uh, with that ankle sprain. 
Um, and it is doubtful that Andy Reid will risk bringing back the clutch kicker before necessary, considering that the backup option, Matt Armandola, he was uh, like two for two with his field goal uh, attempts or um, and three for three for extra points against the Chargers last week. I mean, he was fine. He was, he was yeah, clutch. He was good. So, um, you know, that, that, that should be interesting. Also, uh, uh, regarding the defense, uh, Chiefs linebacker uh, William Gay Jr. has been suspended for the next four games for violating NFL personal conduct policy. Gay will be sidelined for upcoming contests against the Colts, Buccaneers, Raiders, and Bills without pay. He was arrested in January after breaking a vacuum while in a dispute with, his, with the mother of his child in Overland Park. Gay was hit with a misdemeanor property damage charge to which he later pleaded not guilty. I don't know. Unless the, he broke the vacuum over his baby mama's head, Four games seems a little excessive to me yeah, for that. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. And I mean, why now? This was right. in January. Like, why wasn't this game one already decided? Why are they possibly because he pled guilty, but then it was found that he was? I don't know. I mean, but and, not, and this not is, guilty. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty suspect. You know, again, in, in such such uh, not a not a very ideal time for uh the chiefs in regards to you know t- colts okay fine but the buccaneers raiders and bills right and kind of nice to be to have that guy around for those games so that's yeah. gonna hurt right yeah very interesting four games seems very excessive for <laughs> breaking a vacuum you know, like you said if he like broke the vacuum over her head that's one thing yeah but that's completely we different. had other guys that seemed like they did a lot worse that got less than that and then you know watson is getting you know is molesting half of the <laughs> the state and uh he's getting 11 games i thought so. it was funny during the the thursday night they were they were making a point of like oh well he's allowed to come back and work out with the team and 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 and, and you know go to the go to the sea film and all of that and uh he he now can only get a massage from a uh, uh nfl approved uh, cleveland browns approved massage therapist a it's huge like, fat man <laughs> you're telling me the cleveland browns aren't going to just hire a massage person where it's like okay are you okay with rubbing some dude's taint and any other freaky freaky that he we're gonna pay you you know you yeah. have to you have to sign this you non-disclosure know, uh, exactly you're come on <laughs> right aiding and abetting anyway uh yeah i thought four games was excessive like i said you know unless it was a old school hoover that he had uh literally uh, broke over his baby mama's head i i don't know four games seems like a lot um but you know i guess who 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 am i to judge but speaking actually of um conspiracy theory right when it comes to handing out suspensions green bay packers are going to be taking on the tampa bay buccaneers right uh, John Runyon Jr. left guard for the Green Bay Packers, while his father, John Runyon Sr., he's the NFL's vice president of rules and policy administration this week, and he handed down the one-game suspension to Tampa Bay's wide receiver, Mike Evans. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Could this be a conspiracy? <laughs> you know, isn't it convenient that the man who was handing out the suspension to Mike Evans was, he he, he has a son uh, whose whose team is going to face that team this Sunday. Uh, if the Runyons were actually going to con- commit conspiracy, uh, y- they're not very good at it because what they should right. have done is then they should have uh, uh, 
they, they should have um, suspended Tom Brady right. for like uh, uh, you know uh, causing the whole uh, instigating the conflict to begin yep. with, right? <laughs> yeah, they could have got Brady, they could have got Fournette, they exactly, got right? Evans, they could have got Arians. Just oh, we're spending all these guys. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, a, this should be a, a really good matchup. Of course, classic Aaron Rodgers taking on the GOAT, Tom Brady, in Tampa Bay. Um, the Packers are a one-point favorite. There's there's really nothing to this in regards to a spread. Uh, it should be you – know, Interesting. I, I have some questions about the Packers' offense for sure. Yeah. Um, and then somewhat, I, have, I have questions about the Tampa Bay drama for sure as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm somewhat surprised the Packers are favored by a game and it's on the road. But probably the, that Evans suspension is weighing pretty heavily. And, uh, you know, the, the Tampa Bay's offense hasn't, you know, looked too incredible either. Their defense has been pretty good and kept them in these games. Their offense finally got going thanks to a lot of interceptions at the end of the New Orleans game. So, uh, yeah, very interesting game. Is is Green Bay going to do like they did last year, like what Rodgers was saying uh, as post-game interview last game, that they got blown out their first game and then they – got on a roll and they went on the road in Tampa and they, they beat them. So are they going to repeat history? Possible. Real quick correction there. You're right. It, because of the home field advantage, Tampa Bay. Oh, it is, is in Green Bay. The, the, no, it's in oh, Tampa no, no. Bay. They are favored. Okay. They are the one point favorite. Tampa okay. Bay Buccaneers are. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I, I, I think that I have this feeling Tampa Bay is going to win this game handedly. Um, I don't know why. I just, Watching the Green Bay Packers, I've just been underwhelmed. Um, yeah, it, they have been completely out of sync on offense. Their defense has been, you know, moderate in in my opinion, but nothing to write home about. I, I just haven't seen that that wow factor yet, yeah. um, and I think that that's just going to continue. Uh, I don't know. I don't have high hopes for Green Bay, but uh, hopefully that'll change. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get one of those classic. You know, one of the quarterbacks drives at the end of the game to to win it. Yeah, you know, one of those classic back and forth games, but I, I tend to agree. I don't think the Packers' offense is looking too dominant yet, so I would favor Tampa for sure. Moving into uh, NFC South division play, uh, New Orleans Saints will be taking on the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. The New Orleans Saints, uh, uh, they are entering this week after a loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and uh, the playing status of multiple key players, including Jameis Winston and uh, even Alvin Kamara, they, they're they all questionable. Um, Kamara with a rib injury and uh, Winston uh, still with his back injury. For the Panthers, there's building tension surrounding their lack of success to start the season. And they, along with their head coach, Matt Rule, are desperate for a win. Uh, you got to believe that. Baker Mayfield said, nobody is hitting the panic button yet. It also helps that we've lost by a total of five points. Does Mayfield have a have a point here? Uh, don't don't count the losses. Count how little you've lost by. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the game doesn't work like that. It's just <laughs> W's and L's. That's all they really count. Yeah, it looks like Carolina could kind of get a uh, you know get New Orleans while they're not totally healthy, and this would be a, a prime spot for them to get a win at home. Um, I actually would still think New Orleans would pull this one out. I think they're just a, a much better team overall. But if Carolina's going to get a win, this this is one they got to get. Absolutely. The, this is a must win for them. 
Um, I just don't think they're going to win. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if if Winston's out and and uh, Kamara's out and you know they'll have a good maybe shot. they're able yeah. to steal one um, in in at home. Uh, NFC West, we have the Los Angeles Rams in Arizona taking on the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champions admittedly look like a team that is you know struggling to find itself. I mean, Stafford is trying to find a rhythm with his receiving core. Cooper Cup seemingly to you know has picked up where he's left off, uh, but the Rams have yet to showcase all the. Uh, talents and ability that Allen Robinson has. Uh, I don't know. At the moment, Tyler Higbee sees, seems more like a, a, a second wide receiver, you know, but uh, he's even had issues catching the ball. Um, you know, uh, all of these issues for the downfield passing rhythm is probably more or less a symptom of the total lack of, of running game. I mean, Akers and Henderson have yet to really step up you know, for the Rams and, and, uh, you know, it's leaving all that pressure to fall on, uh, the, the passing of, uh, Stafford and he's yeah. seemingly making bad decisions late, uh, lately. And, and it's almost like, uh, reminds one of his, you know, former glory back in Detroit or lack thereof, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so the, the, it should be interesting to see what Los Angeles Rams team shows up yeah. in Phoenix on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, one of the concerns coming in the season was that offensive line for the Rams, and I think it's kind of proving to be a little bit of a problem. And uh, Stafford is uh, getting a little too anxious and forcing some balls, which is creating turnovers. And they don't have the same pass rush anymore, so their defense isn't as good. So they've taken a, a, definitely a step back, but hopefully they can get some more continuity with all their receiving core and start spreading the ball around and, and get back to moving that ball uh, consistently. Because, you know, what Arizona team's going to show up? Are they going to be the team that got blown out by the Chiefs? Or are they going to get the team that, you know, was getting handled by the Raiders until they made that pretty much a miracle comeback? So I think the Rams should definitely go in there and get this win. But it's kind of one of those dangerous games. They're both at one and one. The winner of this would, you know, be a game up and – uh be uh, in control of the division, to, you know, depending on what uh, Frisco does. So, right, yeah, should should be interesting. Hopefully, the the good version of the Rams will show up and won't be the high turnover game because they should definitely get this win. They're the better team. Um, but yeah, you know, you never know. It's a home game for Arizona. They're feeling good about themselves after their comeback. Maybe they found something and and uh, are starting to hit their groove. So it's going to be a very telling game. Yeah, Kyler Murray willed his team to victory last week against the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. And the Cards are looking to exercise some payback for that ugly wild card loss to the, yeah. to the Rams last year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it should be interesting to see what team shows up. I mean, I suppose Kyler always has that face slap to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> his whole face yeah. in a cast. <laughs> well, the Sunday night game, speaking of the uh, 49ers, will be the San Francisco 49ers in Denver taking on the Broncos. Jimmy Garoppolo is back at QB spot for the 49ers, and all of a sudden people have caught gold fever. Yeah. You know, there's gold in them that are ill. They're Ill. That gold <laughs> in them that are ill is Mike Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going up to my high. Yeah, talk about being lucky for the, uh, you know, the the, the unfortunate ending season-ending injury to Trey Lance, right? You know, the yeah. 49ers QB plan B is arguably better than their plan A, and they get to take that all the way to mile high to take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, another really good matchup. 
Um, I would have to favor Denver because Mile High Stadium is a tough place to go and win, especially at night. Um, and, you know, Russell Wilson, they haven't looked too great offensively the first couple of weeks, but just seems like this should be a game that they'll go out there to kind of put everything all together. But I don't know, man, San Francisco, now that they got Garoppolo, you know, maybe they'll turn back into the team they were last year and just, you know, start running the table with a lot of wins. So that would be a team I wouldn't really want to play right now. So definitely a, another one like the LA Arizona game, like the Buffalo Miami game. It's, it's going to be a very telling game, you know, where these teams really are at. Uh, absolutely. And uh, San Francisco um, is favored uh, one and a half points yeah. for that game. I was reading uh, real quick that uh, the, the officiating crew, the worst officiating crew for handing out penalties is going to officiate this Sunday night game between the 49ers and the Broncos. And the Broncos right now are the most penalized team in the <laughs> NFL. So uh, ho- hopefully that doesn't continue, but uh, it's it's primed to uh, uh, see a lot of yellow on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as, as from the league standpoint, the NFL, I, I think they kind of would rather see Denver win. So it will be very interesting who they're going to be penalizing. Yeah. That's true. So something to keep your eyes on, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You know, uh, get off the sideline into the game and and watch uh, (laughs) this conspiracy theory here. (laughs) That uh, it's true. They want to hand hand uh, Russell, you know, some some wins here. He needs some W's. Uh, It's good for the league. And if there's any kind of control, any kind of puppet strings attached to those officiating crews, you're going to see them Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night. So, well, that's going to do it for us here at Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review and share the show with your friends. My name is Scott. With me is Chris. And this has been Sideline the Agenda. Time to get off the sideline and into the game.